listening to the Stressed But Well-Dressed podcast. It's the podcast that talks about the reality of the corporate world with both humour and honesty. We'll share some great experiences that will help you reflect on what you want from your own career and some brilliant hints and tips to help you get there. We've got some amazing speakers with a wealth of experience in a variety of industries. We will always start with some comedy and think about the highs and the lows that have helped us along the catwalk of our career. And we will finish with some great advice for you to take away. Why stressed but well dressed? We all have our own unique way of showing up to work and the way we present ourselves is part of how we show who we are. Never underestimate the power that you can have in helping you be you and know that your version of well-dressed is your confidence builder to help alleviate the stress. So what's the link between feeling stressed and the way we dress? Did you know that clothing can directly impact our psychological status and our performance? We attach a symbolic meaning to the clothes in our wardrobe and the persona they help us adopt. An item of clothing can invoke a certain psychologic state because of the symbolism that we attach to it. You might feel corporate in a suit, sporty in athleisure or festive in sequins. What we choose to wear influences our mood and our performance. This is called enclosed cognition and has been researched by Dr Adam Galinsky and his colleagues Joe Adam and Joshua Margolis at Northwestern University. The research looks not only at the symbolic meaning of clothing, but how people use clothing to self-reflect and to uplift their mood to increase their positivity. This creates our own way of feeling well-dressed. We are directly aiming to alleviate our stress, whether we realise it or not. Welcome to episode seven of Stressed But Well-Dressed, and today we're joined by Dali Kaur. Hi, Dali. Hi, Dahlia. Great to have you here. So you are the director of Ideas That Work. We're going to be talking around confidence. You're going to be sharing some of your career journey and some advice about how to build up confidence, but also how to really operate with resilience as well. We are stressed but well-dressed. So I'm going to ask you, first of all, if you've got a really embarrassing fashion moment or a fashion faux pas. Um... Well, I think, how how long have we got? I think we've probably all got um, photos from our younger years which are hidden away and think, and we're mortified by. Um, I don't think there's a particular incident, but um, I definitely remember a phase I went through which meant I colour-coordinated my outfits a little too well. Um, in particular, I, I went through a phase of wearing red a lot, which is a colour I don't wear anymore, but I loved red. And I remember having, and it was the era of Diesel and Miss Sixty. Um, so I, I don't know if you remember Miss Sixty. Yeah. So it was that that time. So we're talking probably about twenty years ago now. But I had these uh, red Diesel trainers. I had these Miss Sixty jeans in indigo, and they had red stitching. So I'd wear those <laughs> together. I had this little bomber jacket, slightly cropped, and that was H and M. So I'd wear that with it. And also Nike went through this phase of um, releasing little handbags, like little bowling bags, and that was white and red. So everything in that outfit was coordinated to red. And I think back and I think, what on earth were you thinking? It was horrendous, <laughs> horrendous. So that was Dali 20 years ago. Yes. And talk to us about what kind of outfits make you feel good now then. Um, now, mostly you'll find me in bold prints, bright colours, I don't care what season it is. I, I feel really happy when I wear bright colours and bold prints. Oh, I'm exactly the same and I love pink. Absolutely love it. 
but um, an outfit that would make me feel really good would, would be quite bright. Oh, I love that. And and you run Ideas That Work. So do you want to talk to us a bit around what, what the business is and, and also your journey in the business as well? Yeah, sure. So um, Ideas That Work, and also known as Ideas, it's a design, branding, web, marketing and print agency. Um, and we've been going for seven years. Um, prior to that, I worked for a company for eight years and actually I took over that company and formed Ideas. So it was a really strange transition going from working for someone and then basically closing for Christmas, opening up in January as the business owner and then employing the team that worked in the former company. New year, new you. It was, absolutely, <laughs> yes. And that, that was a journey in itself to find out who new, new me was. That is quite a big thing to do, isn't it? To go from being an employee of a company to being the business owner. Can you talk to us a bit around that journey? Yeah, absolutely. It was something that we discussed for probably about a year before it happened. Um, it wasn't something that I just um, decided overnight would be a good idea. I'm quite risk averse. I take very calculated risks. So I needed to know um, all the detail, what it would entail. Obviously, I had a bit of imposter syndrome thinking, will I be able to do this? Am I good enough? But in the end, I felt that it was an opportunity that was going to be too good to be missed because I thought about the flexibility it would give me in the future and it would allow me to take my career to places which I felt um, in employment in my industry wouldn't allow me to take. So you must have had to muster up quite a lot of confidence to be sitting in the chair as an employee and to think, like you said, I, I can do this, I can go forwards and own this business. You talked about the fact that there were multiple discussions, it wasn't obviously an overnight decision. What was it that gave you the confidence to think, I, I can take on this role, I can take on this business? I'm very ambitious and I believe I'm a visionary. So I had a vision for this business. I could see gaps in it. I could see where we could elevate I could see where we could reach markets that we hadn't reached yet. I could see how consumers were changing, how buying habits were changing. And I knew that I had a skill set that could tap into all of that. So I just felt we were ahead of the curve in the sense of what I could already see. And I felt that I could take the business in that direction. So you had some ideas? I had some ideas. Hence <laughs> and, the name. <laughs> and how, how was it then suddenly becoming the business owner and the people who you worked for started working for you? Did the imposter syndrome kick in or did confidence overtake it? Um, I really lent on the people that I worked for and I'm incredibly grateful to them. Um, they really, really supported me in that journey and that transition from employer to employee. Um, I did have confidence. Um, I think because I had so many of my new, my own ideas that I wanted to implement. You know, I put in new technology, new systems, new processes, new ways of thinking we were reaching new people, um, offering new services. So I did have confidence in that respect because I knew I was confident in my job. But then there was the personal side of me that always questioned, can I do this? Will I perform good enough? Um, what if it all goes wrong? What's plan B? I, was, I always had a plan B at the back of my mind in case one day my business would fail. That was always on the back of my mind. Do you think all business owners, it's a good piece of advice, should, should have that plan B or should think about scenario planning? I don't know if that's a good idea because sometimes I feel that it can hold you back um, if you're always thinking of the worst because that's what I would always think. I'd always yeah. think, well, this is too good to be true. Then, you know, what if it all goes wrong? I'm, I can't fail. I'm, I'm scared of failure. Um, what else could I do? I don't know if that's a good way of thinking and if, it, if it's something I'd advise. I think 
I think knowing all your options and learning about risk and evaluating risk is definitely wise. Um, but I think having plan B's just holds you back from your, your real goals, I think. So it stops you from really pursuing what you want and persevering for it as well. Absolutely. So you, you talked about that kind of day one, January, new role, new business owner. How did you get in that headspace? It was really tough because we literally closed for Christmas for two weeks. I had two weeks to come up with a new brand, new brand identity, new website, new stationery, and then build a lot, a lot of Ikea furniture because we moved premises <laughs> in that time as well. And then just switch it on. And it was just a really, really strange feeling, if I'm honest. Um, and I specifically remember waking up on that day. And the first thing I thought was, what shall I wear today? Which is probably still what I think every single day since. But I remember thinking, do I need to dress differently today? And and that was you marking that different role between, as we talked about, that employee transitioning into owner. And did you dress differently? Did it change your style, how you showed up? To a certain degree, it did. When I used to show up for my former employers, I'd show up in a way that I thought they wanted me to show up. And don't get me wrong, they never they never indicated how they wanted me to show up. They never said, you must dress a certain way. We didn't have a dress code. Um, but I was a junior when I joined them and I went to a lot of events, a lot of networking events to try and gain confidence. And I saw how people around me were dressed. So I would almost model myself on those people. Now, we have to remember a lot of these, these people I was amongst were corporate people dressed for their role. That was their uniform. I'm in a creative industry. A lot of the people I were around were in corporate roles. So um, the way they were dressed was their uniform and that's what suited them. However, being in a creative industry, when I was turning up to events dressed in um, a black pencil dress and, and black shoes and maybe a black blazer that just wasn't authentic to my style, but I thought I had to be like that. So I guess when the doors opened to Ideas That Work in January 2017, it allowed me to explore my style a bit more and show up in the way that I wanted to. Do you think that changed the culture of the organisation at all? Or were you setting a totally new culture? I think I allowed people to explore their own identity a lot more. Um, I still have a, had a level of expectation in the sense of how we present ourselves in front of clients, but, you know, smart, casual, creative, they are the sort of words I would use and not corporate wear. Um, and I felt that it really helped boost my confidence when I showed up in my authentic style. When I was in a pitching meeting or with clients, I would find myself flowing with ideas because I think I was obviously in my most comfortable wear. And, and I think that the comfort and the confidence go hand in hand sometimes. We talk about that in terms of well-dressed. And, and when we talk about well-dressed on the podcast, it, it doesn't mean a certain style or a certain fashion. It's being suitably dressed to, to do the best job in, in any occasion, be it uh, as a member of a team in your team kit or, you know, in a boardroom wearing something that you feel is going to set you up for success. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think... You know, when I when I think about style and well-dressed and style in the workplace, um, for me, it's not even about trends. I don't buy things because something is trending or it's all over Instagram or all the shops are selling it at that particular time. I buy things that I truly like. I don't care what season it is. I will still wear them. <laughs> um, my wardrobe is full of things from probably six, seven years ago that I would still wear. 
obviously it's it's 2023 now you started the business in 2017 it was a risk but it has paid off for you how do you go about calculating risks you said you, you put a lot of time and energy into thinking about it I do and um, I think for me when when I think about risk the first thing that I always think about is financial risk so what is the financial risk involved um, if that's limited I'll think about obviously time risk um, so how much time does this does this involve from me how much do I need to give it and can I give it that because anything I am going to get involved in I want to make sure that I do it to my best potential um, so that's they're the two sort, sort of things that I think about when I'm thinking about risk I think about uh, finance and time and actually the other thing that I do think about is is reputation you know yeah. what will this do for my reputation and those around me who am I involving myself in um, with they're the things that are quite important to me and as business owner do you see your your personal reputation directly related to the brand of your business do you see them as intertwined yeah to me it's the same thing it never used to be so when I was Dali who used to work for the former company I was always two separate people I was Dali at work Dali at home they often used to conflict because I was so confused about the two hats I was wearing <laughs> and Dali at work didn't quite match Dali at home and this was obviously what we talked about with you know the corporate style and not matching who I really was um however since becoming a business owner I've realized there aren't two versions of us there's just one version of you and if you show up as that one version then you're going to really attract those clients and people and that network that really want to work with you and, and gel with you I think people just buy from people don't they at the end of the day it's all about relationships and and a certain level of both authenticity and integrity need to come through in those relationships yes absolutely I mean one of our phrases within our business is when people talk the magic happens you know we really do believe that people buy from people which I think is so important um so important to show up as yourself um because I think that really comes through when when you're in a meeting how do you encourage it for the people who work for you now so I try and encourage people in our team to always show up happy um <laughs> as themselves and if there is anything we always talk about in the morning if there's anything on anyone's mind that they need to release for the day we always do that first thing in the morning that idea of helping people kind of as they walk in the door I guess helping everyone as they walk through the door understand how everyone else is feeling is really important to set the tone for that day because it's so easy to just come in and operate and do your job and leave and, and we don't have to overshare but it's important to know the context within which people are operating because not everyone feels their best every day and just being aware of, of how different people are feeling at work and, and therefore how you can get the best out of them and support them um, can actually really add value to an organisation and just helps to build relationships as well and, and I've witnessed that being done really well and, and just builds that trust in the organisation I think too. Yeah absolutely and as I said we spend the first you know up to half an hour of our day talking about what might be on our mind and anything that we might need that day so for me sometimes it might be um, this morning guys I, I really can't take any calls or this morning I'm just going to stick my headphones in just for one hour I need to listen to a podcast or some music just to reset while I'm working and then I'm available so I think that's a really important part of our day actually to just kind of get a grip of how everyone's feeling and sets the tone for the day and how people want to work that day as well one of my favorite questions is what you're thinking but not saying that's a really good one yeah. in fact I use that on my kids all the time when I'm trying to get something out of them <laughs> I love that
<laughs> so um, you've talked a bit around 2017, you bought the business. Obviously, we're in, in 2023, almost going into 2024 now. And the last couple of years have been another stage of life for you, becoming a parent and a business owner. Talk to us about how that might have altered your confidence and maybe made you more inclined to take a risk or perhaps more risk averse. Yeah, that was an an interesting um, journey because it wasn't the simplest route to parenthood for me to to have my son, who's now two. Um, It it took me 10 years to have him. So when I was trying to get pregnant, I was actually an employer of the former company. And I was going through some struggles. I was having IVF treatment. And again, that was one of the things I had to think about when, when considering taking over the business. Because actually in employment, I was eligible for sick leave and holiday pay, time off for treatment. My employers were incredibly supportive. I was very, very lucky. I knew that once I became business owner, it wasn't going to be sick leave and holiday pay and paid time off for treatment. And actually I'd be giving up maternity leave as well. So these are things I really had to take into consideration. But I also thought about, I mentioned being a visionary and sort of visualising my life. And I thought, well, the flexibility being a business owner will give me, no paid employment could give me. So that was the thing that really sold it to me. I think in terms of how my, so I think my journey into parenthood um, has really contributed to me being quite a resilient business owner. And I think those skills really have helped during the pandemic and obviously now during an economic crisis. Um, having that resilience is something that I think I really got from the struggles I had to become a parent. Um, I'm very driven by challenges. I'm solution focused. And I think they're all things that contribute to becoming a good leader. Um, I think becoming a parent has probably made me a little bit more risk averse. I think obviously now I have got someone else to consider and someone relying on me. I've also struggled a little bit with finding my identity again since becoming a mum and I think this differs in the way of I know a lot of women struggle with this after returning to work after maternity leave I don't think it's in the same way really I think for me because I did return to work quite quickly after having my son I think it's almost just not knowing who I am and because I had this driving force of trying to have my son for so long that was my driver my ambition that was the challenge that I fully lent into. I knew exactly who I was and what I was working for. And then I've got my son and those challenges have disappeared that were once driving me and giving me confidence and giving me that resilience and that boost that I needed. I'm almost struggling to find that that balance of, of who I am now. So I often look at my clothes from you know, pre-son and I'm not connected with them. Although I still really like the clothes, I struggle to put them on. I, I think what you just said there, what I'm picking up on is the adrenaline piece. So you had that huge drive of adrenaline, you, you were visionary, you had a really clear plan and, and you've delivered it. And, and actually not having that adrenaline is, you're now thinking, well, what's next for me in terms of adrenaline and, and where do I, where does my identity sit? I fully connect with what you just said about, you know, once you're a mum, sometimes you look at your wardrobe and you're like, is this still me? Um, and, and I think you go through different periods of your life where you change your style and you reflect back and you think, am I still connected to who I was at that time? I, I was reflecting on, on COVID as an example, where we were all at home. Um, but actually, I bought quite a lot of things during COVID while we were at home, as, as we all did, parcels coming through the door um, and lots of pretty outrageous clothes that I was hopeful that at some point when normality re- resumed after the pandemic, I would wear. 
when normality did resume, I looked in my wardrobe and was a little bit aghast at some of the things I'd bought. Um, and, and I think I, we just had this craving for back to normality, back to fun. But I had this wild vision, which perhaps when it came, I didn't necessarily feel as connected with as I hoped I would have done. I think I think you're probably not alone there. I think a lot of us probably made a lot of purchases in COVID, which are probably still sat in the back of wardrobes <laughs> with tags on. And um, you know, I, I know I did the same. There was a little uh, little phase I went through of buying a certain type of clothing, which I definitely returned, which wasn't me at all. But I think we were probably all we probably lost sight of our own identity, didn't we? We were trapped inside with no connection to the outside world, no connection with each other apart from on digital devices. So I think it was probably quite common to lose our own identities. It, and then when, when we all returned to work, the world of work, I think, had changed as well. Um, and people just dressed differently. So uh, even though I was returning to a similar office environment to the one that I had been in pre-COVID, actually my style was probably quite different um, because of, of the nature of how we did business. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I was always in heels at events, um, you know, networking events dinners I would always be on heels actually now it's acceptable to go to these things in smart trainers that's how things have changed I still feel um more confident in a pair of heels to be honest but I don't wear them as often as I did yeah I I do love a pair of of smart trainers I think function over fashion or function and fashion wherever possible for me that is a huge part of being well dressed Um, and one of the things that we talked about when we were discussing doing the podcast Ali was you talked about that parental style being slightly more functional as well is that something that you've even bodied a bit more absolutely so when i'm buying new clothes i am going to look on that label if it needs dry cleaning <laughs> i'm not buying it simple as that life with a toddler you just don't bother with dry cleaning dry cleaning at all um when he was a baby i would not wear dark clothes because babies stain your clothes with um milk and sick and all sorts of things so i would stop wearing dark clothes so, and, I, and now I am a busy mum, you know, you are doing the drop-offs and the pickups. So I do choose, hopefully, you know, fashionable function. Um, but I am definitely a lot more casual than I used to be um, before having my son. Do you still have um, a very clear in-office style as business owner? Or has that flexed a little bit, kind of taking on the parent role as well? I think it's probably flexed a little bit in the sense of, on a day when I have no meetings. So we are appointment only. So I always know when I'm going to be client facing. So it's not too relaxed because I feel when I'm dressed for work, then my mindset is changes as well. I'm ready for work. So I wouldn't be able to go to work in my oversized hoodie and my leggings, for instance, because I just feel that my, my head wouldn't be in the right space. Yeah. So I still dress for work, but I'm far more casual on a daily basis. But in front of my clients, I do still show up as whatever authentic Dali feels like on that day. So whether authentic Dali is the big bold prints and the bright colours or whether she is in black leather trousers and a a beige coloured blouse, (laughs) I I do try and show up for my clients with however I'm feeling that day. Do you, do you, I'm trying to think of the right word, curate your style to match the client that you're seeing or do you keep it true to you or is it a bit of a blend it's a bit of a blend yeah that's a really interesting question so I know there are certain clients that I'm going to see that would expect me to dress a certain way um and actually my usual style might be a bit too out there um but there are certain clients that they you know what they see um they love so I do tend to have a blend to be honest but I'm never really 
corporate attire, navy blues, blacks, pencil skirts, that sort of tailoring isn't really me. I, I think that blend is, is fascinating. And um, one of my previous guests was saying that she has one dress she feels really good in that she has in three different colours. And some of them are brighter that she wears with her more uh, relaxed, more casual clients. And some of those colourways are a bit more muted and, and she'll wear those with some of her more corporate clients. So the dress she knows she feels good in, but the different colours reflect the culture that she feels she's working with. That's a great idea. Yeah, I think I have got a couple of blouses, to be honest, in the same, uh, in, in different colours as well. That's a good, good idea. So we're going to finish off in a minute. And I think you've, you've talked a bit around your journey and you've given some really good examples of, of how you evaluate risks and also how you've built up your own confidence as well. What advice would you offer to people to grow their confidence? I think to grow confidence, you really need to dig deep and find out who you really are and that sounds quite cliche but honestly I was so confused for so many years about these two hats I was wearing professional dally and at home dally and when I became a business owner I had to really really dig deep and reflect and think about who am I what do I want people to say about me when I'm not in the room what is the legacy I want to leave behind. And actually, you just have to, you have to really do some work to find out who that person is. And that's how you get your confidence. Because when you show up as yourself every single day, people will connect with you. I think true confidence is linked to self-awareness. There's, there's a huge link between knowing yourself and, and that authentic confidence that comes across. And that concept of what do people say about you when you're not in the room really rings true one of the things that I've spoken about before is that whether you are kind of interviewing for a job or being promoted internally or whether you're selling your services to another organization that yes no decision is made in a room that you're not in so you have to really put your best foot forward in terms of helping people understand who you are and the value that you can bring to the table as well so that that goes in your favor when you're not in the room absolutely Summed it up beautifully. <laughs> and then what about resilience? It sounds like you've got heaps of resilience um, and you're a really smart risk taker as well. Is there anything that you would offer to advise to people to think, gosh, she, she sounds like she's got so much resilience. How has she navigated through the past 10 years? I think when it comes to challenges and building resilience, I think leaning into your challenges and looking for lessons in them is the one thing that can really get you through. And it's the one thing that's got me through. I've never looked at my challenges and thought, why me? This is unfair. Everything happens to me. Believe me, I've been through a lot in that <laughs> decade, but I still don't question it. I never moaned about it. And I just thought, right, what can I gain from this? What can I take from this? Where's the lesson in all of this? And honestly, that was my driving force. So I just believe that if you are facing challenges and you need to build resilience, just step back, take a breather, and really reflect on what you can learn from that experience and lean on those around you that you trust. Build, build a network of trustworthy people. I think that is great advice, Dali. Do you have any further thoughts to offer? I think when, yes, I think on, on opportunity. So I'm in the position I'm in with my business, you know, seven years on, got through a pandemic, kept in through an economic crisis, all because an opportunity presented itself. And I had two options. I say yes or I say no. And I find myself saying yes a lot. And I just think if someone presents you with an opportunity, do try and take it. Now, this isn't me saying that I say yes to every single <laughs> thing. 
it's going back to that calculated risk. If, if an opportunity comes knocking on my door, I think, right, what are the risks that I need to take here? But more times than less, I will always say yes, because you just never know where that opportunity might lead you. I love that. And and you have that gut instinct sometimes as well, that I'm probably more leaning into you're very calculated in your risks. I'm, I'm quite gut, but you do know when an opportunity feels like this could be something really good and, and want to go after it. Absolutely. My gut instinct has never let me down. So <laughs> believe in that as well. Brilliant. Great advice. Thank you. Dali, this has been awesome. We're going to go into the lightning round now. Are you ready for that? I am. So first question for you, and I think I might know the answer to this, smart or casual? Casual. Casual. I was going to say smart, actually, so you surprised <laughs> me on that one. Um, creating the idea or delivering the plan? Oh, creating the idea. If you've ever been, if you could be a fly in the wall when I'm sat with a client and we're coming up with new concepts... You, you, will, you would just love what you saw. Uh, you can see it in your face yeah. as well. You're so impassioned <laughs> talking about it. Do you have a theme song to your wardrobe? Ooh, I would say Pharrell Williams, Happy. Oh, I love that. And that's yeah. the bold prints. Bold prints, <laughs> bright colours. Doesn't matter what season it is, I will wear bright pink if it's raining outside and it's cloudy. Well, it's, it's pouring today in Leeds, but are you stressed or well-dressed? well dressed absolutely are today <laughs> Dali thank you it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much Dali for having me